Um, Okay, good afternoon, everyone, to our special meeting of the Glita City Council, Monday, February the 27th, 2023. If you'll all rise and um, join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. Ready, begin. I pledge allegiance to the flags of the United States of America and to the republic which stands one nation under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. Hey, thank you, everyone. If we have roll call of the city council. <coughs> council member Kiriako. Here. Council member Reyes Martin. Here. Council member Kasdan. Here. Mayor Pro Tempore Richards. Here. And Mayor Perotti. Here. Okay, at this time we'll have um, public forum. Anybody that wishes to speak to anything that's not on our agenda this evening? If there are any members of the Zoom webinar who wish to speak, please raise your hand and I will call on you. And I'm not seeing any hands at this time. Okay. City Manager Robert Nesbitt, do we have any amendments or adjustments to our agenda? Madam Mayor, we don't. We just have the one item tonight. It is possible that there might be a couple minor edits to the letter that was published uh, to the staff report. I'll let Peter and Ann go over that. And then, of course, the purpose of the meeting is to take any other edits and take public comments. So that's it. Okay, thank you. Okay, would you please read the item into the record? Item A1, County Six Cycle Draft Housing Element Comment Letter. Thank you. Mr. Imhoff, are you going to start this off? Yes, I will. Thank you very much, Madam Mayor. Um, and good afternoon, Council. The purpose of this item today is to request Council authorization to sign and transmit a comment letter from the City of Goleta to the County Board of Supervisors concerning the County's draft housing element for the sixth housing cycle. The letter voices concerns about the County's draft housing element and development and adoption process and requests additional steps and revisions to the draft before the County transmits the document to the state. And as um, City Manager Nesbitt noted, um, we do have a letter ready to put on screen and we have several edits and additions that we'll flag for you in addition to the draft that we attach to the staff report. As background, um, as you know, city staff has been following the county's six cycle housing element update process. And on January 13th um, of this year, we transmitted two comment letters to the county um, one to the Board of Supervisors signed by the Mayor and Mayor Pro Tem, and the other a second uh, a staff letter to the County Planning and Development Department Director. The letters expressed concerns regarding the County's draft housing element process and prioritization of proposed housing sites, including proposed conversion of ag land and open space lands to thousands of housing units without including or adjusting for existing residential build-out capacity. On January 20th, the county released its sixth cycle draft housing element for the first time for a 30 day review, and the draft did not address the city's comments provided in our letters. On February 10th, city staff met with County Planning and Development Director um, Lisa Plowman and her staff to ask questions and share our concerns in person. And then on February 14th, the Board of Supervisors held a public meeting to consider the draft and provide county staff direction. Um, several Goleta City Council members spoke at that uh, 
hearing to express their concerns, which included those detailed in our January 13th comment letters, comment letters and uh, to express their alarm at the premature transmittal of the draft housing element to the state without adequate outreach and revision to reflect public input. The um, comment period for the draft housing element ends at 5 p.m. this Wednesday, March 1st. So any letter that the council wishes to send, um, we will need to do so by that date. Um, next, a couple of facts and statistics. The overall um, regional housing needs allocation that was given to the County of Santa Barbara, um, which it has to accommodate in its zoning, is some 5,664 units. Um, the South County portion is 4,142 units. Um, the draft housing element, however, um, provides well above that, almost actually in excess of 4,000 units more than is required to meet that nominal RENA, um, some 8,509 units. Um, the proposed uh, housing sites include a proposed rezone of the Glen Annie Golf Course, among others, um, on the Goleta uh, borders just outside the urban rural limit line, and also the Patterson Ag Block, including the Georgie property on Hollister Avenue. Um, the Glen Annie Golf Course and the Georgie property combined comprise about two-thirds of the total South Coast arena by themselves, those two properties. The draft letter that we presented to you lays out a number of concerns, which I'll just go through quickly and highlight. Um, first, uh, with respect to the site's inventory and the existing build-out capacity, the draft letter points out that the county should begin with the existing build-out capacity in the site's inventory and that the existing build-out together with the accessory dwelling unit capacity should be the foundation of the site's inventory and frame the conversation for rezones, not the other way around. So they should start with what they have, the capacity they have already. Concerning regulatory changes to encourage existing build-out, the letter points out that the draft housing element should encourage existing build-out potential through incentives and through other regulatory changes to promote housing. And the county should consider upzoning existing residential districts to allow for increased density throughout the South Coast, not just in the Goleta Valley, and um, consider rezoning certain commercial and industrially zoned parcels to residential zoning where parcels are located along major arterials and are served by transit. Um, we specifically call out issues and ask that the county add a new policy and program to remove agricultural lands from their inventory and instead protect agriculturally zoned lands from conversion unless the existing build-out capacity and non-agricultural rezones by themselves could not accommodate the county's regional housing needs allocation. And in particular, we request that the county drop the proposed rezone of the Glen Annie Golf Course site um, from the proposed rezone from agriculture to high-density residential, and we cite concerns that this property is outside of the urban-rural limit and not connected to transit or served by urban infrastructure and services, among others. With regard to environmental justice, we also note that concentrating housing in and around and adjacent to the county's only disadvantaged community, as the county is proposing, exacerbates segregation, concentrates poverty, and further exposes populations to pollution and health impacts. And we note that as presented, the draft exacerbates rather than addresses um, environmental justice issues. 
Should rezones be required, we suggest that new sites um, be identified in more affluent white and larger lot underutilized sites, for example, in Montecito or Hope Ranch, um, to expand housing equity opportunities and protect the disadvantaged community located in Old Town. Isolating more affluent neighborhoods from the arena um, just exacerbates segregation by income group. We suggest an array of um, policies and programs with firm time commitment, time certain commitments to prioritize existing build-out capacity, commit the county to providing for all infrastructure and services needed for sites that are rezoned, and to provide assurances that the county will offset the costs for housing services, um, committing to offset impacts to housing developments, such as streets, parks, and so on, um, and to expend all fees collected in the areas that are rezoned, um, among other services. We also ask that they promote alternative transportation and reduce vehicle miles traveled, therefore limiting climate emissions, that we um, commit, that they commit to new housing of residents in the local housing and the local workforce, uh, particularly, rather than um, attract new residents to the county. The letter also addresses um, public participation and uh, requests that the county not transmit the draft housing element to the state and instead workshop the newly released draft vetted with the County Planning Commission, make necessary revisions, and transmit a more informed and complete draft to the state. Accommodating this request will best position the county to obtain the support of the community, including the city of Goleta, rather than opposition. With respect to the California Environmental Quality Act, the city believes that the county should prepare a programmatic EIR at this stage, as indicated on its website, given the nature of the proposed housing element update, and um, an exemption does not appear appropriate um, and more robust environmental review is necessary at this stage so that impacts can adequately and meaningfully be addressed. And we do propose a few edits to the letter to um, make that point clear that, um, that an exemption, a CEQA exemption does not apply to a housing element adoption that, that uh, is proposing rezones such as those the county is proposing. We also have a couple of additional points that we added to the letter. Um, we uh, are adding points that ask that the county assure that the housing elements inclusionary requirements apply to rental housing. We're not clear from the draft housing element that those policies are included. We also ask that the housing element um, include policies to require that the construction of on-site affordable units has the priority with off-site or in-lieu fees as an option only if certain findings can be made. And then finally, that the housing element contain policies requiring that um, collected development impact fees be spent where those fees were paid, not in other parts of the county. So we've added those bullet items as well. Those are late breaking comments that we identified that we think should be included. So that's an overview of the draft letter as it stands. And as I mentioned, we can put the draft letter up on screen should the council wish to um, make specific revisions to it. Um, Mr. Imhoff, <clears throat> excuse me, Mr. Imhoff, I'm hoping um, that I'm suggesting, and you tell me what you think, if we might go to um, public comment um, and just see if there's any comments that we may want to incorporate into the letter before we go through the letter. I'm not sure there is, but I thought it might be a good idea for me to make a couple brief comments and then go to public comment. What do you think about that idea? Do you think that's a good timing? Or Mayor, yes. 
Yes, we did. We did receive a number of written public comment, and it and we certainly uh, would want to build in any public comments into your deliberations. Okay. Well, then I'm okay. Is that good with council? Then what I'd like to do is just make a few brief comments and then open it up to the public, and then we'll come back to council and go through the letter if that's that'll work. So um, I just want to make a few comments, and before I, I'm because I want to uh, provide some important context regarding our letter to the Santa Barbara County that we will be, cons be considering today. Um, the backdrop of this letter is that we're at a moment with less than ideal circumstances. We're undeniably in a housing crisis. Housing on the South Coast is too expensive and too unaffordable. This crisis was long in the making and didn't just happen overnight or even in the last decade. Our options for dealing with this crisis are hampered and limited by the state of California mandates that demand that we meet ambitious goals for our new housing. At the same time, the state stipulates that we must prioritize rezoning land owned by willing sellers above many other goals, such as traffic, environmental um, protections, availability of water, and such and traffic, um, all and infrastructure. The state threatens severe punishments if we don't meet their goals, and virtually no carrots or incentives for meeting these goals. And unlike many modern nations, the state offers virtually no funding for affordable housing, having taken away redevelopment funds years ago. And our housing shortage is magnified by other state, by another state institution, UCSB, which has failed to meet its on-campus housing commitments by thousands of beds and units. As our council now faces such challenging conditions, the question is this, how do we deal with competing goals of representing Goleta residents as we were elected to do while continuing to seek regional cooperation with Santa Barbara County and other cities? We need to bear in mind that the county and other cities are operating under the very same state pressures that Goleta has to contend with. So we need to proceed with the most constructive and productive ways. While the purpose, the proposed letter we are considering tonight may point out shortcomings and contend with some of the county's processes and directions, we do so in the spirit of communication, not bitterness or anger. As the clock ticks to meet the state's deadlines, we hope to find the best and most productive ways of dealing with the common challenges we are all facing. So with that, I hope um, we could go to public comment and see what um, our speakers would like to say. Thank you. If there are any members of the Zoom webinar who wish to speak, please raise your hand and I will call on you. And our first public speaker is Mary O. Gorman. Sorry. Mary, if you would please accept okay. the prompts on your screen. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Sorry, I don't know why it never looks clear here. Um, anyways, I just wanted to say uh, good afternoon, Mayor and Council. Um, 
I reside in the Eastern Goleta Valley between Turnpike and Hollister, and I'm speaking today as a resident. I wanna thank you for your well-written and researched letter. It raises many of the issues that many of us have been uh, raising since the, uh, actually since 2021, when the arena allocation um, was announced in a very disproportionate manner. So while the state does uh, issue the overall numbers, it, you know, it seemed that locally we need to do a better job of being fairly distributed. Um, and it's inconceivable that the recommended plan places 75% of the arena uh, for the South Coast on parcels directly abutting the city of Goleta and the vast majority within the Eastern Goleta Valley plan area. And while excluding any planning areas between Eastern Goleta Valley and CARP. While I'm speaking as a resident, I'm a resident who was integrally involved in helping to shepherd the update of the Eastern Goleta Valley plan on behalf of then Supervisor Janet Wolf. So I'm intimately familiar with that plan and the fact that several sites were rezoned at high densities um, to provide several hundred new units. Um, while some of those sites are under development, I do not know why the larger sites have not yet been developed. And I, I guess I, what I appreciate about your letter is, is comments such as how to best integrate needed housing into the existing land use pattern and transportation network. It must be informed by good planning principles and practices. Um, there is no one planning area on the South Coast that should be targeted for more than its share. Housing element law and the government code does not exclude cities that are affluent or have high housing costs. And we should not exclude those areas from programs in the housing element cycle to help expand capacity for needed housing. The lack of developer interest is not a sufficient reason to exclude those sites. And furthermore, excluding sites that are developable stifles potential interest in development upzoning, as you note in your letter. Um, so it's important that, as you mentioned, upzoning existing residential and commercial sites throughout the South Coast uh, be taken prior to um, rezoning ag land. So thanks very much. That's all. Thank you. Our next public speaker is Mark Preston. And if any other speakers wish to speak, please raise your hand. Mark, if you would please accept the prompts on your screen. Got it. <clears throat> Testing one, two, three, over. Yes, we hear you. Okay, so I'm going to make this short. I, I think the letter is extremely well done. I, you know, I, I hardly could have done it better myself. And the county is on notice, but as I've stated more than a few times, my problem is that this is a state-driven issue. I don't think somebody woke up in Sacramento one day and said, "How can we make?" Galita miserable, but that was the unintended consequence of, of whatever rolled out. So my question is, where is the state on this? Where are Greg Hart? Where is Monique Lamone in representing our, our issues and desires and concerns to this rather draconian uh, dictates of the state? So that's the end of my comment. Where is the state? Where is the state? Where is the state? Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Fermina Murray. 
<laughs> Hello? Hello, we hear you. Yes, um, this also will be very short. I am just so grateful for this special meeting that you called and the letter that you're sending to the county. This is a very uh, uh, a big uh, topic and there's so many factors that not one person could all mention and, and uh, prioritize. So I uh, really appreciate all the work you're doing. I sent my <coughs> a copy of my letter to the supervisors and I sent a copy to all of you. And uh, uh, I, I really uh, stress the importance of um, saving this last of the urban agriculture lands in the urban areas. I also speak of Eastern Kalida and I appreciate all the, agree all the comments from Ms. Gorman. I also worked in Eastern Kalida to preserve the ag lands at the time. And we had wanted to uh, uh, landmark the San Marcos growers land. We did not win, but we went on to uh, have a design guidelines for Eastern Kalida. And now they are, the county is just reversing every good work that was done in Eastern Kalida to, to maintain ag lands and also South Patterson. So I'm just so grateful for this meeting. I will be supporting you and all, all the Kalida friends and neighbors in, in this endeavor. And I also really appreciate the mayor's uh, uh, background uh, speech that this is not about bitterness. This is about how to work together with the county and all of the districts to come up with the best plan that will benefit everyone in a just and fair, balanced, environmentally responsible way. And we will continue to do that and uh, work with all the other supervisors and other districts. And thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, our next speaker is Janet Wolf. Janet, if you can please unmute. Hi, good evening. Um, I just wanted to express my appreciation to uh, the mayor and the city council uh, for your attentiveness to this very important issue. And um, as has been stated in the past, uh, Goleta is our neighbor uh, to Eastern Goleta Valley. And what happens in, in one area or neighborhood affects and impacts another. And I, um, I've always been proud of the mutual cooperation that we've had between the county and the city. And I would expect nothing less um, as we go forward. So I, I thank you for uh, bringing this to everyone's attention and I'm confident and well, I guess I would say I'm hopeful that the county will uh, take the issues that you raise uh, seriously. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next speaker is Carter Morgan. You can please accept the prompts on your screen. Hi, everybody. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hi, I'm Carter Morgan. I'm here with my wife, Wendy Morgan. Um, we are residents of the city of Goleta and live in the Lake Los Carneros area 
And to echo what other people have saying, we really, really appreciate um, the letter you've written to the county and just the um, sentiment behind that in terms of protecting the, um, the community we have here and the natural resources we have. Um, we received, I sent a letter um, to some of the city council members and to all of the um, county supervisors and um, Supervisor Doss Williams replied to us and his letter brought up a few questions. So I'm, I'm hoping that these questions might be addressed during this meeting today. Um, he seemed to really be focusing on um, developing unincorporated areas of the county. And it seems to me that there are cities within the county that could also bear some of the burden of this development. So I just want to be sure that it's not only um, unincorporated areas. Of course, the two that are proposed in, in the Goleta Valley um, directly abut the city of Goleta. And I think that would obviously have a great impact on us. Um, if say the Glen Annie project were to be approved and go through, I'm curious what the impact would be on the city of Goleta's budget. Um, it almost, to me, I, I appreciate the, the sense of trying to have a good working relationship with the county. At the same time, um, that and the project over by Ward Memorial seem in a way almost targeted to be right on our border, but I'm assuming um, the tax money, the, the ways to um, at least help the Goleta City coffers for the impacts might not be fully realized simply by where those projects are. So I wonder what that would, um, what, how that would impact the city's budget. And then Doss Williams in his letter, he mentioned <clears throat> that um, the city of Santa Barbara is taking on potentially 8,001 8, units in this, um, in the state mandating. And that's confusing to me since from what I understand, it's 5,664 units that are required. Um, so I'd love some clarification on that. And then finally, if say the county um, in response to the letter still ends up deciding on these two Goleta Valley sites, I just wonder what can be done through the city and through the county to ensure that affordable workhouse workforce housing is prioritized because it really won't make any benefit in our community if these are investors or out of town residents that are just getting second homes. So those are my questions. And once again, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate all that the city council is doing in this regard. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Kitty Christian. If you can please accept the prompts on your screen. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Great. Um, and I just want to repeat a lot of what everybody else has said. Um, thank you so much for taking this on. And uh, Mayor, thank you for your, um, for your statement before the um, opening this up for comments. 
And knowing that this is a state mandated issue and that um, all cities in California are being inundated with this, um, I have a couple of questions about uh, Mr. Preston mentioned, you know, where is the state on this? Um, should we, what can we do as citizens writing, uh, you know, will it help to write to um, Hart and Lamone and anyone else who represents us? And, you know, have the other, have the cities thought about getting together and, uh, you know, getting back to the state of, um, of, you know, what they're doing to, to these areas, such as Goleta and our whole area here with not having the infrastructure and everything that the mayor um, mentioned in her statements ahead before. So, um, you know, that's my thing is just thank you. And what else can we do as citizens and also as um, you are representatives in addressing this with the state? Thank you. Thank you. Do not have any other speakers at this time, but if anyone else on the Zoom webinar wishes to speak, please raise your hand and I will call on you. <laughs> and I am not seeing any other public speakers. Okay, thank you so much for that. Mr. Imhoff, do you wanna uh, start us off with the letter and go to, and then we go to council or council, do you wanna make any comments at this point? Madam Mayor, I think there was a couple questions, but one yeah. is very factual. And I think um, in case there's confusion among other members of the public, it should be uh, addressed right away. And that was uh, Mr. Morgan, who made the point that um, he heard that the city of Santa Barbara had 8,001, a requirement for 8,001, and, and does the requirement uh, of the county, uh, 5,600 total county, 4,000, South County covered the cities. And so the, yeah, that deserves a very short um, answer, um, but a quick one here. Uh, no, those are separate numbers. And so that does then get to the magnitude of this challenge. The numbers that the city of Santa Barbara has, 8,001, is completely separate from the county's requirement. The city, all the cities are doing their own housing elements, just like the county is. The city of Goleta, we have already submitted our housing element. And in fact, your council adopted it. And our number was, you know, 1,560, something like that. And we adopted that. So I did that. I just wanted to correct right away. There might be some other questions there that through the course of your deliberation, Mr. Imhoff can answer. There was other, you know, more rhetorical questions, but factually, I uh, just want to make sure that Mr. Morgan understood uh, Santa Barbara is responsible for their own 8,000. The county is responsible in the unincorporated areas and the city of Goleta is responsible within our, our borders. Thank you for that. Council member Kasson, your hands up. Well, yeah, it just depended on how we're going to go about it. I had some uh, edits or, or comments on the bullets towards the end. So if we're going to go starting at the top and walk through, and I'll wait and pick it up when we get there. Uh, so however, you know, based on how we proceed from now. Mr. Imhoff, um, are there any other questions that, uh, I'm looking at the questions, I wrote them down. Um, I, I, I can't, I, I don't know if anybody can answer about uh, to speaking with um, 
Senator Lamon or um, Assembly Member Greg Hart. Um, uh, um, Madam Mayor, I can just address a little bit the, the state process that the state goes through to identify the regional housing needs um, that it then distributes. So the regional housing needs themselves are, are developed by um, the state uh, on the basis of population projections in accordance with state housing law, which is very detailed. It's a lengthy and very technical process. Um, the regions then each receive an overall arena number. So in the case of Santa Barbara County, Santa Barbara County itself is considered a region, and the Santa Barbara County Association of Governments is tasked with the participation of its member jurisdictions, including the unincorporated county and the city of Goleta, to um, to essentially divide up that arena according to statutory factors. And there's a lot of uh, discretion, a lot of flexibility um, as a practical matter, planning staff from each of the jurisdictions um, participates in that process. And then um, there's, a, uh, there's a right to challenge and appeal um, the, the arena by uh, individual jurisdiction, but at a certain point it becomes final. And at this point that's final. So I don't think it's possible in this cycle to um, change that. We now need to, the, the housing need has been identified, it's been allocated, to the um, eight cities and the unincorporated county in Santa Barbara County. And now each jurisdiction is tasked with showing how it's going to accommodate that housing need, how it's going to plan and zone for enough units to meet that need in the future. And as city manager Nesbitt outlined, um, cities like the city of Goleta uh, are well along in that process. We've already submitted our adopted, uh, the council adopted our housing element. We've submitted that to the state and the state is now reviewing that. Um, the county is currently in the process of, uh, of completing its drafting and is about to send it to the state for the first review um, before it actually adopts its housing element. So, th so that's where we are. And, and I, I think it's out of the state's hands, at least in this cycle. Um, at least out of our legislators' hands in future cycles, that might be something that they could influence. Thank you. Councilmember Luz Reyes-Martin. Thank you, Mayor. I think there was another comment or question that I think merits clarification, and that was um, whether the parcels in question would have an impact on our city's budget. Um, could some, someone address that? Madam Mayor and Councilmember Reyes-Martin, that is not something that we've evaluated um, in any uh, detail. That is something that could be addressed through the environmental review under the California Environmental Quality Act, along with other physical impacts to um, the environment. Um, that would be something we'd want to understand how services were impacted, for example, how traffic was impacted, um, and that might shed light on the implications for the city. But just based on the geographic location of and the concentration of development, it's highly likely that it would impose costs and, and that functionally those areas, if they were developed, would depend on services provided by the city of Goleta and therefore uh, impose costs on our city. Mayor Pertem Richards. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I had a, a follow-up question to that one um, with regard to the environmental review um, what 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 is it that we know about what environmental review will happen for example on the parcel at Glen Annie and uh, when do, would we expect that we would be able to um, understand those impacts uh, at some point uh, what, what, what's our best information on that 
Mayor and Mayor Pro Tem, um, we ask for clarification on that very point in the letter because it's ambiguous. Um, there, there's conflicting information. The county website um, stated that a full programmatic environmental impact report would be prepared for the adoption of the housing element itself. However, county staff has represented to us uh, that the adoption of the housing element would take place under an exemption from the California Environmental Quality Act. That is to say that no analysis would take place at the, at the time of housing element adoption and that the environmental analysis would be uh, would happen at a later stage during the rezoning of those parcels. Um, and so we point out in the letter that we think that it is appropriate that the um, environmental review and the analysis take place now comprehensively when the decision is made that that foresees these rezones as a way to meet the uh, the state's housing needs, not at some time later. Uh, and we think that an, that an exemption isn't appropriate. So we make that point in the letter, uh, but we hope that the, the county can further clarify that. Okay, thank you. Any other, um, oh, Council Member Cariaco, see your hand. Sure, do we, do we have a sense from our conversations with staff at the county about how they came up with their methodology for site selection and in particular, how they define um, viability in relationship to um, whether or not the property owner is explicitly interested in developing or not, because that can get into a lot of unintended consequences. Uh, do we have a sense from them about what criteria they use to assess viability apart from strictly whether or not the property owner wants to do it or not? Well, we did we did meet with them and we got some information on that point. I mean, initially, um, it looks like that they they did rely heavily on rezoning of sites rather than existing capacity, which is the first central point in the letter that they they didn't explore, at least not to the depth that we think is appropriate and that we'd like to see um, the, the capacity of existing sites where they did look at existing sites. They went to property owners, apparently, and 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 sought interest in um, uh, developing or redeveloping those sites, uh, and uh, and that's one step that they took. It's not clear to me, or I don't have a comprehensive understanding of what other steps they may have taken in identifying those sites. But um, again, that the focus it seems like the 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 focus was on on uh, uh, creating new capacity. Uh, especially on greenfield sites rather than looking to existing capacity on underutilized sites or sites within urban areas that are not developed that are that are already developed or partially developed and then the the draft letter uh talks about old town galita the you know a disadvantaged lower income area um i can't help but notice that i think seven of the different sites that are being selected for rezoning uh for low income and moderate uh, income housing um, are all concentrated in that, you know, right adjacent to that disadvantaged low-income area of Old Town. Do you think there's a relationship between the methodology that they're using for site selection and that kind of concentration? Do you think there is a correlation, causation, um, anything that you that you that you see there? Marin, Councilmember Kiriako, I would be speculating. I don't know what the decision-making process was at the state staff level that led to the identification of those sites in particular. Um, it, 
they're, they're, those sites uh, we think are, are deeply problematic for a number of reasons. Um, but you know, fundamentally, uh, they they don't they're not within existing urban areas, and the fact that they are directly adjacent to a disadvantaged community only compounds the problem. Okay. Um, okay, that's that's an interesting point. Um, I, I appreciate your sharing that. Now, um, you know, I I know that when we've looked in the media, there's been you know a fair amount of skepticism skepticism expressed about whether or not um, affordable housing, workforce housing could be built um, in some of the more affluent areas. I think uh, county staff has opined on that, former county supervisors and others. Uh, I'm just wondering, doesn't the county have an inclusionary housing ordinance precisely to ensure that development in unincorporated areas happens with affordable and workforce housing as a component? Mayor and Councilmember Kiriako, the, the county has an inclusionary housing ordinance, but apply it applies where land has already been zoned for housing. So where a project, a, a market rate project is proposed, um, a certain portion of that housing then has to meet the inclusionary requirements and be affordable. But that presupposes that the land is zoned for that housing to begin with. And what, well, that's, a, that's a really important point because if you if that by that mean what that means is if you never zone for it you'll never get it so it's almost kind of a it seems to almost be sort of a chicken and the egg there seem to be some voices around the county saying it's not realistic so why would we zone for it but by their own policy which is in their housing element their inclusionary housing policy you have to zone for it to be able to do it just it just seems curious. Correct. And, and again, Councilmember Kiriako, I mean, the, the first move should be to tally up the existing capacity on underutilized sites and see how far they can get with the capacity that they've already zoned for. And then uh, next look to underutilized sites within their um, urban areas to, to try to, uh, to make that up and, and not go to rezoning of certainly of ag sites or open space sites unless and until there's no other alternative. Okay, thank you. I might, I might have more later. Okay, I don't see any more. Um, should we start with the letter? I believe um, our advanced planning manager, Ann Wells, has the draft letter and we'll be able to put that up on screen, Ms. Wells. Thank you. I'm hoping she's able to put the letter up. Hi, Council, uh, Mayor Council, and um, Dr. Imhoff, I'm waiting to get permission to screen share. You should have the option to screen share now. Okay. Can you see the letter? Yes. Yes, we can. So Mayor, if you like, we can simply scroll down through the letter slowly here. Um, this is largely the letter that, that was attached to the staff report and that you've already seen. Um, there are a few items, as I mentioned initially, that we've added uh, a few comments. So um, uh, please let us know if there are any places 
that you'd like to focus on. Uh, Council Member Kasten. Okay, so um, I'm gonna just go with the, the bullet areas uh, that, are, that are there. And uh, first, let me say it's a great letter. I think it's really well organized. It's really uh, just, it lays it out really well. And uh, so, so, you know, great work. Um, but just I had a couple of things. So you had added the bullet, which I appreciate with respect to uh, a little further down with respect to the climate impacts and vehicle miles traveled. And it occurred to me that one of the other uh, virtues, um, one of the, that here, I'll just read what I had is that to either add he add to that bullet or a new bullet, essentially saying that preserving agricultural lands also serves as carbon sinks to uh, support climate change efforts. And so uh, there's another reason, in other words, why we would want to preserve agriculture for those people who really care about climate change. The agricultural lands are helpful in, for that goal. Ms. Wells, are you able to add that in real time as a, a new bullet point below the BMT bullet point? Preserve land as agricultural land as carbon sinks? Yeah, something you can, you know, feel free to adjust as needed. But that's the main point that we are both that as far as climate change goes, they, we're focusing both on places like Glen Annie, where they would have to drive everywhere to get anything, and that's a problem. But preserving the agricultural lands also just by having the open space helps our climate change. Uh, the other one is uh, and you know, see if this is helpful, is something along the lines of uh, to where you have county commitment to evaluate evacuation routes, uh, both for the proposed developments and as it affects the adjacent community to ensure adequate safety. Um, that I just don't, you know, when it comes to Glen Annie, I just don't think it's, I don't see how they would deal with an emergency. So I don't know if you have that already here, uh, but I thought it would be something for them to think about. Um, I don't believe that we do have that. And so that's something, that's a new bullet item that we could add at the okay. council's direction. So evaluate a new bullet item below that. We can place it in as well as um, evaluate evacuation routes. Uh, both, both as it affects the proposed development uh, and the adjacent areas, namely our city, because I imagine adding for Glen Annie, adding fifteen hundred units right around there. Anyone affected in the uh, anyone in that who lives in that area, all of a sudden they're unable to get out of the area if there's an emergency. So they need to think about it. So we can expand that a little bit, evaluate evacuation routes with respect to proposed rezone sites and existing yeah. developed areas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the last question I had was, uh, 
it, and you, you touch on it already, and it's just a question of whether you think you've already got it or not. But so basically ensuring that the existing road in the adjacent cities can handle the additional traffic, uh, something like that. I guess what I'm getting at, what I wanna see uh, them recognize is that to me, the Glen Annie especially, but the others to a, to a lesser degree, I, th I, I would think Cathedral Oaks would have to be converted into a two lanes. It would have to turn into a Hollister. And I don't know how you do that. I don't, so something, I don't know if you think you already have that already included, but recognizing that, that the transportation impacts are, are gonna be like redesigning our entire you know, a road system on uh, Cathedral Oaks. Madam Mayor and Councilmember Kasdan, we do address um, impacts to existing roads in general terms. We could add greater specificity if the council wishes. Um, this is a little tricky because under the California Environmental Quality Act, the measure now is vehicle miles traveled, not congestion, but local policies, at least in the city of Goleta, also require us to evaluate circulation and congestion. I'm not sure in the county whether there are policies that still require that or not. Well, so in other words, you're saying that based on the laws that the county is relying upon, they wouldn't necessarily have to put in an additional lane on Cathedral Oaks because that's not, they're not evaluating the, the volume of traffic or anything like that. Is that it, it depends on what their circulation element um, requires of them and whether they're bound to apply the city's policies um, with respect to us. So that those are kind of more technical questions and yeah. we could flesh those out in a comment letter on a draft environmental document. Okay. All right then. Thank you. That that's uh, but otherwise I, I thought it was excellent. Thank you. Any other council members' comments? Mayor Pertan Richards? You're muted. Um, I just wanted to make sure that we've seen all the other changes. So besides this uh, red uh, bullet point that was added here, are there other changes that, that we can review just to make sure that we all saw what changed? Let's scroll to the bottom of the letter. I think there may be one or two more. Any comments regarding that proposed language? I mean, the one thing that stands out to me actually uh, is the, you know, where you emphasize the piecemeal quality and so forth, that especially with the South, South Patterson Ag Block and all of those, it's that if you looked at it on a 
on a parcel by parcel basis, you might not get the full impact of the proposals that they're making. And so it, it adds a greater value to what you're saying here is that don't just look at it on individually, individual pieces, you have to consider the broader impacts on that whole area from the proposed changes. So I think that's very good. Any other comments? Well, I, I, my comment is I think the, the letter was well written. Um, I'm fine with the, the additions. And um, it sounds like the public has very much supported it as well. Um, I'm just wondering if we, one real quick last um, uh, uh, look to see if there's anybody that has another comment from the, um, on Zoom. Uh, if there are any members of the Zoom webinar who wish to speak, please raise your hand and we will call on you. <laughs> And I am not seeing any more public speakers. Oh. Thank you. Councilmember Reyes Martin. Thank you. Are we <clears throat> are we getting to just kind of our last comments? I think we're done with the letter, right? I believe so, yes. Thank you. I will, you know, really just briefly start with a lot of gratitude for our staff. Um, they have spent countless hours reviewing the county's draft housing element in addition to working on our city housing elements um, and i agree with the comments that the letter is really um really great i think really captures a lot of you know our comments it certainly i think reflects what i've heard from our residents um so really a lot of appreciation for for their work I know that we are all, and Mayor Prodi mentioned this in your opening remarks, we are elected representatives for the residents of Goleta. And so we have a re responsibility to, you know, take their input, uh, get the input from staff, and then take action, which is what we're doing here. And we really do want to, wanted to have this opportunity in, in, in an open public meeting to, to talk about this, to hear input from residents, and, and hopefully have you know our, our, our colleagues at the County Board of Supervisors hear us, um, that we are wanting to work in collaboration. Um, we don't, we are not um, you know, challenging and, and giving you know, all these concerns without also proposing solutions, um, which is what I really appreciate about this letter. It includes practical solutions to the challenge that all jurisdictions are facing with our housing elements. Um, and I really appreciate that. It's part of the problem solving philosophy, I think that we all have. Um, and it really is about really practically thinking about what is possible, what the impacts will be to our residents, while recognizing the very, uh, you know, reality that we've all heard that we need more housing, that our residents need housing, our first responders need housing, teachers, on and on. Um, so we really do want to be part of the solution. Um, and we are, you know, making suggestions that we feel are really practical and that are in line with what the role of government is. Uh, the role of government is to take those, uh, you know, policy um, decisions to create the conditions to make it possible for development to happen and not just allowing individual property owners to 
um, you know, kind of be in charge of this process. Um, that really doesn't work. Um, and we have a history in this community of, you know, when private property owners, you know, make decisions that are not in the best interests of our communities, the community kind of fights back. <laughs> we, we saw that with, with the Elwood Mesa, with the San Marcos Foothills, and there are more and more examples of that. Um, so we really need to, you know, take our, you know, our job um, seriously um, and be those responsible policymakers and really planning for the future because you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> you know, once you once you do this rezone of, of, of properties, you just really can't take that back. Um, so we really need to, you know, take the time on the front end um, to do this work. So I really appreciate staff and I appreciate my, my colleagues for, um, you know, wanting, wanting to, to take this step um, and move forward with really trying to um, advocate for, for our residents and our broader communities. Thank you. Thank you. Mayor Pertem, Richards. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I agree with everything that uh, was just said. And, uh, you know, I'll just echo, I thank uh, our staff for all the time that they've uh, invested in, you know, with very short uh, uh, turnaround um, to uh, look and digest and, and analyze uh, this 500 plus page document that that just came out, you know, uh, less than a month ago. So uh, bravo, kudos to them. Um, and, you know, I, I'll I'll also add, you know, with regard to, you know, we understand that the state is driving, uh, you know, uh, uh, this uh, by the requirements and, and really um, wielding their power uh, over local governments uh, to uh, accommodate the housing crisis in the state. And I get that. Um, but, you know, for, for today, this letter is a comment letter to the county. So we're just going to deal with that, you know, here as we are. But I do agree that we should you know, also, you know, uh, um, uh, contact our, our legislators and, and look at other ways that the state can, you know, be a little more, um, you know, less ham-handed about things and uh, allow for more creativity and allow, you know, more uh, flexibility with local areas and local governments. Um, but, but I'll just say that, you know, we expect more from the county uh, with this. You know, we expect it more in the Goleta Valley, we expect more from them as a regional partner. And I'm not really sure what happened uh, through this process, um, but I would say that it does fall short of what we've come to expect from the county in terms of a regional partner and with communication and cooperation. Um, we expect the county to engage in a well-coordinated regional planning and uphold objectives like the ones mentioned in the Eastern Goleta Valley Community Plan, you know, and it should be the county's role in doing the planning, you know, and not let the developers uh, call the shots and, and it shouldn't be run by just who is stepping up and who says that they want to develop on their property, you know, that's not the way this process should work. We expect the county to be defenders of the urban agriculture in our area and to do what it can to safeguard our open spaces against development. And we expect the county to avoid sprawl past the urban rural boundary line. You know, I, I would add that, you know, we obviously we've been through this process ourselves and we know the difficulty in identifying enough parcels to accommodate uh, these state imposed housing requirements. 
And you know, as you know, when the city submitted our housing element last month, we identified almost 2,600 potential units within the city. And that included vacant sites, residential areas, underutilized sites, and future ADUs. And we did not propose any rezoning of ag land or open spaces. So I would just say it's unreasonable and it's unfair to have so many, to concentrate so many of the, these units of housing development without consideration to the impacts that they're going to have on Goleta and the surrounding neighborhoods. Um, I, it definitely warrants more analysis, more discussion, more, more public input. And we want, we want to know that the county's done everything it can and that it's explored all available options to avoid this kind of uh, concentrated development on, on ag land. And I would just, you know, I, I don't think I need to point out the irony of uh, here that the ag parcels that are under consideration had been in Goleta's proposed sphere of influence when the city was incorporated, but as we know, it was rejected. And it was argued that the county would do a better job in preserving those agricultural spaces. So today, these parcels, if they were in the city, they would be subjected to our Measure G, which require a ballot measure to rezone most of them, the ones of 10 acres or more, and they wouldn't be simply uh, subjected to a capricious administrative process uh, that lacks the robust, robust input that, that we would expect. It's disappointing the county did not do more to reach out to the city before the details of their current plan emerged for public view. We hope that moving forward, the county will be more thorough in its public outreach and solicit more public input for their process. And finally, I would just say that, you know, for those that say that Goleta is just being NIMBY, you know, not in my backyard, that we simply oppose any development in our backyard, I'd first of all point to the 1,400 units that were constructed in the city over the last housing cycle. And we have another 332 units that are being proposed and will be before the city council at next week's meeting, including 102 affordable units. And, and we're willing to do our fair share. But we also object to being forced to absorb outsized regional impacts, which is just positively unfair. The bottom line is we're not talking about what the county wants to do in our backyard. We're talking about what they want to do in our front yard, and this is squarely on our doorstep. And I and I and I support this letter. I think it's a, a good step. Thank you. Thank you, Councilmember Kariako. Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. I'll try and keep my comments somewhat brief. A lot of what I was planning to say has been said by others, so I don't want to um, to bore everyone by telling the same old story. So let me try and you know concentrate my remarks as much as I can on on uh, new or newer things to say here. So uh, let me begin also though by thanking our staff. We've given them a lot to do in a very short period of time and I've really appreciated them being able to juggle um, multiple multiple priorities. Um, when they were working to get the staff report out and this letter out, they were also working uh, to get the Heritage Ridge proposal um, out, the, um, the early release staff report. Um, for 332 new housing units, including 100 units of affordable housing for, for low and very low income uh, individuals. So I just really want to thank our staff. Uh, let me begin by talking about an experience I had last week. Um, last week, I attended um, a meeting uh, that was put on by UCSB's Economic Forecast Project. 
Uh, and one of the topics that came up was a discussion about the future of local commercial real estate. And essentially the conversation noted that residential, residential um, real estate homes, that was a real estate uh, market that was expected to continue uh, to do well, expected to have a lot of pressure, uh, but that commercial uh, real estate, commercial leasing in particular, is going through a little bit of a phase where there's um, a little bit more um, inventory out there. And while there's still some kind of longer term leases, leases are going to be coming up and um, property owners who are putting out commercial leases were encouraged to do things like try and add amenities, uh, try and work with the employers to add things that would want to bring, bring people back to the office. And I thought that was ironic that we're sitting here talking about a housing crisis and we're sort of uh, residential residential housing poor, but uh, you know commercial housing is a little bit, commercial real estate is a little bit of a a growth industry right now. There's some opportunities there, and so after we'd had some discussion, um, a woman uh, looked back at me and asked me, "Well, you know, what was I doing there? Who was I representing?" And when I said I was there in my capacity as a member of the Goleta City Council, she sort of made a frowning expression and she said, "Oh, I thought people in Goleta don't like housing." And and I think I, I just want to begin there by acknowledging that there is a narrative out there. Um, you know, we've all received angry comment letters from constituents who are you know frustrated with the county and what they're proposing. They're expecting us to do something about it. And I think there is this narrative playing out in the media and among some other communities that Aglita is essentially a, a NIMBY or not in my backyard community, and that we care more about protecting golf courses than providing needed housing. And it really frustrates me because nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, NIMBY thinking or not in my backyard thinking plays itself out, not just in public comments, but also in public policies. And so let's open up our books and let's be transparent. I was elected in 2018. That year we completed the Villages at Los Carneros, a housing project with enough units by itself to match what was built in a neighboring city three times our size in the past decade. In the past four years, Goleta also completed the Winslow Townhouse Project. That project by itself had more units than another nearby South Coast city had built in, a in the past decade. And there have been other projects since, such as the Cortona Point Apartments. Goleta has built uh, nearly 1,400 housing units uh, in recent years. And as I noted uh, a minute ago, on March 7th, we're going to consider another 332. But even if that project wasn't 332 units, if it was a much lower number, that would be more than has been done in recent years by wealthy and well-connected communities uh, that are along the South Coast. And so to our regional partners who are watching this meeting and are perhaps frustrated that we have this letter and the fact that we're talking about some of these issues tonight, I would ask them to reflect on the fact that maybe, just maybe, Goleta residents are not in fact a bunch of NIMBYs and instead are a community that's growing impatient with shouldering responsibility for providing so much of the new housing on the South Coast without getting much help. Our regional partners should be advocating for a balanced approach to rezone site selection for new housing, close to job centers, along transportation corridors throughout the South Coast, even if it's near an affluent community. I'm going to support sending this letter tonight as an expression of strong concern about a plan that relies so heavily on agricultural land adjacent to Goleta, while seeming to shelter some more affluent and well-connected communities. 
when you have a proposal that takes 5,664 units along this unincorporated South Coast, and you put three quarters of them on the border of one city, and of those sites, they provide more than 100% of the low-income housing and more than 100% of the moderate-income housing for the entire region, you need to re-examine your priorities. That is shocking to me. This is functioning more like an exclusionary housing policy than a county that talks about inclusionary housing and talks about housing often in moral terms. I would strongly urge our regional partners at the county to reevaluate not just how should they pick among the sites that have already been put out there for them to re-examine the methodology that put them in this position in the first place. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Councilmember um, Kasten. Thank you. So I guess I wanna focus in a sense, not so much that whether the housing is in Goleta per se, but in the fact that the county has expressed over time principles that they think are priorities for them. And it includes affordable housing, of course, but it also includes preservation of open space and agriculture. And we've seen those concerns manifest, uh, whether it's in the Eastern Community, Eastern Goleta Community uh, Valley Plan or other documents. We've seen the county express today, actually, uh, they've released their climate action plan. So we know that also that defending and supporting against uh, climate change is a priority. Environmental justice is a priority. In various ways, the county has made that clear that this is something of importance to them. And that, to me, the problem with this plan, that this housing plan that's now being presented, is it doesn't fulfill the goals and the mission, the principles that the Board of Supervisors inherently care about. And I think what's important is to take a step back and not just say what will be acceptable to the state but how can we navigate against both those, our priorities, that is your priorities, which we share, and the state mandates. It's not just choose one or the other. And it doesn't mean you have to reject everything that the state has, but how can you find a way to accommodate both your principles, the ones we know you believe in, and the state mandates. And I think our letter is an indication that there are approaches to, to do that. And it does require, and I recognize it does require stepping back. It does require uh, considering what are the what are the things, what are the ways that we can get there. Uh, I know some of these things are probably going to be, uh, you know, adding urban areas, for instance, greater density in some areas are not going to be universally popular with everyone. Put it out there for the public. That's what CEQA, for instance, is. That's what the process should be. Lay out, here are the alternatives. You want to see county, you want to see us develop, you know, on a, if forgive me, but a sprawl-based model where we just start developing agricultural areas. That's an option. But give the public and uh, other options. Let them see that there are other alternatives available. Other alternatives such as the infill sites and those sites uh, developing those. Start with some of these other things. Look at the urban opportunities. Are there areas for increased density so we don't have to rely on agricultural conversions? 
are there ways that we can get to the goals of providing housing without uh, you know, damaging the, the very principles that we sh share and hold dear? And I, you have a tool. You know, part of it is using CEQA, doing the EIR, and laying it out there and talking about it. I think that it's fundamentally in your interest because at the end of the day, this is what will be seen. This will be remembered. All of the EV charging stations aren't really going to add up to the impact that people will feel when they see whole blocks of the of the community converted to you know medium density housing. So. I guess I'd say, uh, you know, take advantage of this opportunity. Don't just rely on let's get it done and send it off, but take advantage of the opportunity and now is the time to do that. And uh, so I think it's a great letter and, and I support it going forward. Thank you. Count Mayor Pertem Richards. Um, well, I'm ready to make a motion. I don't know if we're at that point yet, but uh, I also have to be leaving soon. So I, I know. The, uh, get the ball going here. I just want to say one quick thing. I made my comments at the very beginning. So I, I, I just want to say how much I agree with all of you and your comments. And thank you to staff for the hard work, which I neglected to say in the beginning. And thank you. That was, um, and I'm so glad that we had this opportunity to have this meeting tonight, this special meeting. It's the reason I call this special meeting so that we could discuss this letter. And it was really important to us that we all put our names on this letter. So um, with that, I, just a quick question. So should we have to come in tomorrow to the to the office to sign it? Oh, good question. We we can work on that. Madam Mayor and Councilmember Kasdan, I'll certainly check with the clerk, but I think she told me that she has your electronic signatures on file. Okay. I think she does. Thank you. Okay. Um, Mayor Pertam Richards. Oh yeah, I'll just I'll move that we authorize the mayor and city council members uh, to sign and transmit uh, county six cycle draft housing element comment letter as amendment as amended here today uh, to the Santa Barbara County. I'll second. Okay, we have a first and second. If we could do a roll call vote, please. <laughs> Councilmember Kiriako. I think you might be Sorry. muted. Aye. <laughs> Councilmember Reyes Martin. Aye. Councilmember Kasdan. Aye. Mayor Pro Tempore Richards. Yes. And Mayor Perotti. Aye. Ayes have it. It's unanimous. Great job, everyone. And um, Madam Mayor, if I could just make one last comment on next steps, um, just to make sure we're aligned. Um, so, Staff will uh, send the letter. Uh, it's signed by all five council mayor and four council members, and there's a few people that are copied on it. That will certainly go out by the deadline of uh, five o'clock on March 1st, but it may go out tomorrow if we get it ready. Uh, so that will go out. We also have uh, a short press release. We'll put the finishing touches on that. It's very short. The letter speaks for itself but the press release will go out uh, soon after this meeting because it simply announces that you took this action tonight and that you directed staff to send this letter. So we wanna make sure that gets out there. And then of course, we will expect inquiries from the press um, after tonight's meeting. We will take those inquiries as we always do uh, through Peter and his team and our public relations division 
uh, we'll, we will address all those that come in, answer the questions, and if there's any interface necessarily with necessary with the council, we'll of course do that. Um, so that's what I just wanted to clarify. That's what we're going to do after this meeting. If there's anything else um, you want to direct staff, you know, now would be the appropriate time to do that. But that is our plan uh, as soon as we leave this meeting. Ms. Garibaldi, did you have anything to add? Um, nope, Madam Mayor, the city manager covered the next steps perfectly. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. I'm not seeing any more comments or hands up or um, so I think we will adjourn and it. I would just urge Ann and Peter, take a nice, well-earned break. No, we need him. We've got too many other things going. <laughs> Don't go too far away. <laughs> all right, good night, all. Good night, everybody. Meeting adjourned. Thank you.